Yo, what up, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of BD's Universe. I am your host, Chris BD Bronson, and I'm so excited to get started with this podcast. You know, people have been telling me to do it for years, but, you know, procrastination is a killer. So, But I'm here now, nevertheless. So today we're just going to go over, you know, some of my thoughts, share my life stories with y'all, you know, things happening in the culture, music, and pretty much whatever I want to talk about because it's my podcast and I can do what I want. That's just how it's going to be, and that's just what it is. So anyway, just get started, man. Um, you know, pretty much I'm 31 years old, about to be 32 in January. Holler at your boy. Cash at me. You know, BD Top Dog. Anyway, um, so I'm 31 years old, and when I started out, I've been going to church since I was six years old. Um, my mom, single parent. Dad, don't really know to do. It's whatever. He live in Georgia somewhere. Wish him the best. My brother, wish him the best. My younger sister, wish her the best. And, you know, my older sister, Crystal, that's the homie, you know. But um, anyway, so, like I said, but going to church since I was six years old. Um, and that's where I find a lot of my comedy because a lot of funny stuff happens in the church. Just the, the way the pastors be talking, the way to interact with each other, the way the ushers be getting on the kids with chewing gum. The mother in the church always got something to say. Like, it's a lot of stuff happens, in, especially the black church, where I get a lot of my comedy from. But um, so I'm going to talk to you guys with some of the music I that I came up on that really impacted my life, um, especially in the, in the Christian game or the gospel game. So the first artist I want to talk about is The Truth, The Truth. And um, I first heard him in 2004, I believe. It was in my youth group, Unlimited Youth, under, you know, Youth Pastor Joe Adams, who's now a pastor. Um, so I heard the truth, and he has an album called The Faith. It was his second project he put out. And this album was just, to me, it's a classic. It stood the test of time because... He just couldn't do any wrong. He was in his bag on this album. So he was the the first artist that I listened to, a Christian artist that had biblical content, but he wasn't overly preachy. And it's something I can actually share with my friends. Actually, I did. They didn't push back on me. It was like, oh, yeah, this dude's pretty dope. Like, he got some bars. I see what you're trying to do here. Because a lot of music before that was Christian rap. It was good to like the believer, but like to the non-believer, it was just overly Christian and just too preachy. And I'm like, dude, I didn't put these headphones on to hear a sermon. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to go to church. I just want to hear some music. I'm on my way to school, whatever, do what I got to do. So he was the first one that really did that. And the thing about love about the truth is that was like 2005, 2006 when that album came out. But he came out like 04. But, like, he's been consistently that dude till this day. He just dropped an album, Vet, maybe, like, four or five months ago. And he's still that same dude. Heavy biblical content. It's not too preachy. But he's going to share the gospel. And he's going to tell you the real. And he's going to give you bars. But he even switched his style up with the times. And, you know, to get the, you know, the auto-tune rapping now that they got. He's doing that. But it's still the same content. And that's why I love the truth. That's why he'll forever be in my top five. You know, secular or unsecular, don't matter. Um, the next group 
that really impacted me was gospel gangsters. Now, mind you, everybody think the name gospel gangsters is corny, but gospel gangsters is real, all right, as I sip my coffee. Now, gospel gangsters, they made me not want to ever join a gang. Because they came from, you know, L.A., the L.A. area. And these dudes talked about street culture in a way where they're showing the negatives of it. They weren't glorifying it. They're saying, yeah, this is what I did. This is what I've done. But God redeemed me. And so I'm here now. And they were giving straight game, like unfiltered. So, like, my mom... She had the tape. They had an album called I Can See Clearly Now. It came out like 99, you know, platinum plus, but who's counting? All right. So she had the, the cassette and it stayed in the car. So take me to school, pick me up from school, going to the grocery store, going to church, just going to my grandma's house. Every time I was in that car, I heard this album. It got to the point where I knew like all the words. And it's 99. So I was like, maybe 10 or 11 years old and at that time that's when a young black kid is really starting to is starting to make the change as if he's going to be in the streets or not because whether you have friends who are in the gangs or not that's when you make that decision it's like well do i want to be in the gang i didn't have any friends who were in gangs or running the streets but it was more like i knew it was an option because I saw it just by the way society was showing me. And what I was hearing from everybody else is that, like, you're a black kid. You know, you're expected to be bad. You're expected to sell drugs. You're expected to be a menace. And so hearing that album, one, it was really good. You know, my wife today, she every time I try to play it, she talking mad crap. I'm like, you know what? Whatever. You was, you was on that R&B tip, okay? This is what I was on. Leave me alone. And so they were dope. Like I said, they rapped that raw. And this is the song right here that really just got me. I'm going to play a little bit of it. Um, let's hold on. I mean, I'm just saying, though. You know, that was Chili Baby, a part of the group, spazzed. Like, that's, that's called, that song's called One Way, off the album I Can See Clearly Now. And when I tell you, till this day, what is it? That was like, what, 20 years ago? Dang. That's crazy. Like, I still listen to that song. Like, I get chills listening to it. Where he was talking about the street culture and like how he learned his game and how he ran the streets, had the shootouts and everything. And I was like, yo, I don't want that. Like, yo, like I'm I'm not that real. So I made me not want to 
get onto the gang culture, you know, listen to them and then paint a clear, vivid picture of it, not glorifying it. And also I have glasses. So like I wasn't going to get in any fights when you have glasses, single parent, you know, I can't see without my glasses. Not one of those ones who wear the glasses for style or I got their readers, but I just wear them all the time. No, like I really need my glasses. Like without these mugs, your boy is blind. Like it's a problem. Like I can't see your face. I just see shapes. So I wasn't getting any fights with nobody. I wasn't repping no set with glasses because you break my glasses. One, it's not you have to deal with me. She's got to deal with my mama. And my mama don't play. She was born in the south side of Chicago. Raised in Compton. Was like, my older cousins are telling me plenty of stories. My mom was snatching girls over the counter and Popeyes for talking to my dad back in the day. My mom was about that life and she would give you a two-piece. Like, just because she's saved now, don't think she won't still throw them hands. I see my mom, like, switch up. Like, somebody talked crazy to her. She went and bought a bat. And she was like, yo, I'm about to bash their skull in. I'm like, yo, mama, what you doing? She's like, you right. Jesus done saved me. This is like 25, 30 years later after her salvation. She was ready to throw it all away because they talked to her crazy. So my mom is not the one to play with. And this is back in... 99 early 2000 she ain't been saved that long so it was gonna be a problem so that's another reason why i never got into the gang life but um yeah man so like i just live in my life and that's some music that really uh impacted me another one's um t-bone t-bone he's another platinum christian artist back in the early 2000s put out a lot of projects you guys might have known him if you guys watched the movie um, Finding Temptation. He was the rapping inmate, the bigger light-skinned one with the with the braids. That's T-Bone. Um, yeah, man, like, he, he just got bars. Like, T-Bone, he was the first Christian rapper I heard who was unapologetic about him having bars. He's like, listen, I love Jesus. I'm going to rap about Jesus, but I'm going to give you these bars, too. Any rapper that want to battle, y'all can get it. Like, don't come for me because I got that heat. And I loved it. Hits on Last Street Preacher, bruh. Just bars. Um, the only thing about that album, it didn't age well because it was very stuck in the time, like around early 2000s, where like the sound and the, the music scape and the production is very early 2000s. So it didn't age well. But if you grew up in that time, and you 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 listen to that type of music like it's still gonna hit home for you, um. So that was a good one for me because he got bars to this day, like dude's just ridiculous. Love him, love T Bone man. Um, and another group that really impacted me was the Cross Movement. Now the Cross Movement, they're pioneers in the Christian hip hop game. Like they were the first ones really going out to churches. They took all the heat. For all these younger artists now, like the Andy Minios, the Lecrae's, uh, the Flames, um, who else is out there? Uh, Derek Minor, you know, D1. They took all the heat so these guys can actually come out and do what they do and impact the lives that they're impacting right now. As I take another sip of coffee, you know. So, like I said, the Cross Movement, they were the ones who I remember being young and like preachers didn't like hip-hop culture like they didn't like that kids were influenced by hip-hop and i'm like dude like 
it's the biggest thing on the radio. Like Tupac and Biggie were like huge. Then you had Wu Tang, you had Nas. Like there were so many huge hip hop acts that kids are being influenced by. Why would you not like us to be influenced by someone who's trying to preach, who's trying to preach the gospel? Like Cross Movement, they were very biblical content. It was like very Jesus, 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 Jesus. If you don't do this, you're going to hell. Like that's what they were really on. And they were kind of, how can I define cross movement? I don't want to be, I'm not trying to throw shots, but they're kind of like, you know, the fire and brimstone preachers where they were just preached about, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. That's how they were in music. But the music was dope. The music was dope. And the reason why I really love cross movement, why they're so close to my heart, because they were the first concert I ever been to. I remember being in my youth group, again, shout out Unlimited Youth, my youth pastor at the time, Joe Adams. We went to San Diego to like some fair or something. I remember sitting in the bleachers. Wasn't a lot of people there, maybe like 100, 200 people at the most. And these group came out, never heard of them before. And they came out spitting. I'm like, yo, they look like me, dress like me, talk like me. I'm like, yo, these dudes is dope. So when I went back to youth group, my pastor had this whole, my youth pastor had this um this little CD collection of all. He would get the latest hip hop and R&B, you know, Christian music. So he would get that and he would let us check them out for the week. Like you get them on Sunday at youth, you know, youth group. Uh, you check out a CD, you bring it back the next week. So I checked their stuff. Like he had like all their albums. He had the uh, Human Emergency, Higher Definite. He had all their stuff. So I'm listening to it, and I'm just like, yo, this stuff is hard. Like I said, it's biblical content over hip-hop beats, and I loved it. So a lot of that music, it, like, shaped it, my mind frame. It shaped it me to be like, yo, I'm young, but I can love Jesus. Yeah, everybody, yeah, I'm a fall away like everybody has, you know. You do your little dirt here and there in school, but I never got into too much trouble. Because I remember I listened to a lot of this music. While I was in high school, because this was, I was maybe 11, 12 years old when I saw all this music is flooding me and all this stuff into my ear gates. And so when I went to middle school, you know, I remember getting on a bus. Um, where was I? The bus is about like an hour and a half bus ride to the Family Christian Bookstore so I can buy that. The Ambassadors album. Uh, what was the name of that album? Ah, oh, man, I saw I forgot it. But um, it was his second album. Oh, The Thesis. I remember going on the bus. I made sure I had a fresh pack of batteries in my CD player. I went to the Family Christian Bookstore. I think it was like $17. I think I had $10 in change. And the lady's looking at me like, are you serious? I'm like, yo, I got to get that ambassador. Got it. Got back on the bus, cracked open that CD. I remember reading the album credits, looking at the booklet, reading the thank yous, and I popped my headphones on, and I was just in bliss. I was just in heaven. So, a lot of that stuff shaped me, you know. So when I got into high school, and you know, you get into high school, it's a whole new world. Like you're getting bombarded with everything: drugs, alcohol, sex, just everything. But I'd already had made like a name for myself where like everybody knew Chris was, I was cool with everybody. I was cool with everybody, but they knew Chris wasn't going to do, 
I wasn't going to go too far. Like, I, you know, I hung out, but when, you know, got a little too late, on, I'm out. Like, yeah, I'm into girls, but, oh, y'all doing a little too much, I'm out. You know, I was into partying, but when, they, you know, drugs start coming out, all right, I'm out. Like, everybody knew this about me. Even my friends to this day, like, um, my friends, he's like a real thug. Like, he's he's about that life. I mean, he had got out of jail. I think I had seen him a couple years later. He was at his house chilling. My other good friend of mine, Dimitri, actually my best friend, uh, we were just talking about, they were talking about all these fights and stuff they got into. And I'm looking at them like, nah, I don't remember. I wasn't there. And they're like, what, man, why you weren't there, man? We was always walking, walking home together, chilling. And I said, dude, when I see a group of Mexicans, you know, we were a group of black kids at the time. Blacks and Mexicans at the high school and middle school did not get along. It was, if there was a group of one and the other sees the other one, it was an instant beef. Like, there was fighting going on. Like, dudes had, like, pocket knives ready to stab somebody, ready to take somebody's life. So, I saw a group of Mexicans walking toward us. I'm like, all right, y'all about to get on the bus and go home. All right, y'all good. And they was like, all right, man, talk to you later, all right, later, Biggie, whatever, woo-woo. But then they, because they wouldn't see what was about to happen two blocks from now. I'm like, yo, I see what's about to go down. Like I said, I have glasses. Single mother. I can't break these glasses. Because if I break these glasses, when my insurance is set up, it's going to take about two to three weeks. Because you got to wait to get a doctor's appointment. And when you got the Medi-Cal, they give you the appointment whenever they feel like it. Okay? And then you got to wait two weeks to get your glasses. So I'm like, bro. I can't be blind because I'll fail school. I can't fail. So I was always gone, man. So I kind of just knew what I wanted. And I knew I wasn't going to get myself in, any, in too much trouble. Um, so another thing, another, another thing that impacted my life, man, I got married at 19. Okay. I had no game in high school I at all. There was no way... No girls was checking for me. Nothing. So, man, I tell you, um, just no no game. Like, I was interested in a lot of girls. I got friend-zoned so hard. I was friend-zoned to the point where they started calling me, oh, he's like a brother to me. This is like my big brother. They're like, oh, Chris, why don't you come meet my boyfriend? Let me know if he's okay. What? I'm like, but I don't want to meet your boyfriend. Like, he could catch these hands. Like, what you mean? So it wasn't like I was the dude. You know, like the guys in high school where it's like they're just playing the friend part and then they're there to step in whenever the dude mess up. No, 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 no. That wasn't me. It was more like the dude mess up. It was like, oh, man, that's crazy. Hey, girl, you know, hey, I'm here for you. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Biggie, whatever. Yeah, but I'm going to start talking to so-and-so. I'm like, whoa, can you introduce me to your friend? Like, run me some interference. I'm like, wait, wait, what? It could have been I was I was, I was was overweight. You know, it could have been I had a cock eye. You know, it was cocked like a pistol. You know, y'all seen Debo on Friday. That's how my eye was. could have been I was wearing glasses, always sweating. I, I had, a, you know, I had a, not, a lot of negatives going for me. But one girl was interested in me. She was a little older, a little older now. Her name is Alicia Wright, my current wife. When I tell you I was a senior in high school, I've been talking to her on and off, you know, whatever, we're friends, talking on the phone a lot. But I had, like I said, I had no game. I had no idea. She was throwing hints at me for like over a year. So we started talking, hung out at the football game. Football team was trash. We were just there to kick it. Uh, so I remember she told me on the phone, 
I don't know if we was on the phone. No, we were texting because I was in class. I remember she she texted me like, yo, are you going to make me your girlfriend or what? Like, she just told me straight up, like, you going to put me on notice? Like, we go together? I was like, what? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you know. Try to play it off like I got game, like I'm smooth with it, knowing good and dang well. I was like, oh, I came out of left field for me. I'm like, oh, what? You try to be my girl. All right, I don't even know how this how this works. Never had a girlfriend. Don't don't know what to do. So I'm like, okay, yeah, we go together. So fast forward, uh, that was in March. Fast forward to June, graduate. Um, we move in together like that November because mama kicked me out. Needed a place to stay. She got her own apartment. Hey, want to try to sleep, live on the streets. So um, we living together, shacking. That's what it is. And so um, I asked her to marry me, and my friends was like, yo, dude, you getting married? Like, you just graduated. I'm like, dude, hey, listen. I'm looking at them like, dude, y'all skinny. Y'all got options, <laughs> okay? Like, girls been throwing themselves at you the past three, four years. I'm like, I got one. I'm not trying to be in this game when I'm 22, 23, out here trying to go to a club, meet a chick, buy a drink. I'm like, no, nah, I ain't trying to do that. I got a girl who like me for me and want to be with me. <laughs> Locking that thing up, wifey material. And she cook, you got me messed up. Man, please, because she came from a big family. She got four other siblings. They cook, you know, they cooking them big meals. So I'm like, yo, I can eat. So all she know how to do is cook a big meal. So I'm like, bet, we in here. We in here. We on that. So, got married, nineteen, and you think all is well because you know, hey, this is my my wife. You know, I love her. Woo woo woo. But there was this thing um coming from not really being in a relationship, pretty much my whole life. Not really communicate because me and my sister, although we lived together, we didn't really communicate because she was older. She had her own group of friends. If we weren't at home, we weren't really talking. And even then, it was like she was doing her homework. She, I was doing my homework. Like, we had different things. We weren't really on the same wavelength. So, and then my mom. My mom wasn't the affectionate type. Because my mom was like, she was, like I said, single parent. So, she's like, I got to su- support my kids. My mom stayed working two jobs. You know, she all she knew how to do was work. And I don't fault her for that. I love her for that. I respect her for that because she did what she had to do. She made sure we always had a roof over our head, always had utilities, food. Um, I had everything I needed. I didn't have what I wanted, but I had what I needed. Like, I never had holy shoes, messed up clothes. She was like, yo, I got you. Here's some new clothes, some new shoes. It was, that's what it was. Like, she always took care of me and my sister. Um and then we weren't balling, but my mom made sure we wanted, she made sure that we weren't the bummy looking kids at school where like you you look at them like, oh man, that family broke. You I didn't know I was broke till I was an adult. Come to find out mom, what we was on food stamps? Like what we was on county assistance? I didn't know. So, like I said, my mom, she never really we never really communicated. Uh didn't really communicate with my sister. Um my friends, I wasn't really a big talker. It was more like straight to the point. Hey, yo, this where the party at. Bet, pick me up or bet, I'll meet you there. Like, that was it. I wasn't just calling my friends. Hey, man, what you doing? Talking to them like, nah. First of all, dudes didn't do that back in the day. Like, they was, you, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you straight up. That was considered fruity. You talk to a dude longer than a minute on the phone. So, 
and even then we had MySpace. So like they just write me on MySpace. Hey, woo woo, this for the party at cool, I'll be there. Put the address. Bet. Map quest it. Print out directions. I got you. That's what it was. So there was a lot of difficulties having effective communication with my wife when we first got together. Like she cause she was the type of person who wanted to talk to you all the time. She always wanted to be with you. And I was just like, yo, get off me. Move. Like, I'm going to work. And she was the type of person who would just pop up. Because I worked, I used to work at a grocery store. And this is back in the day when like, my breaks were pretty much scheduled in. Um, so she would just pop up at my job. Because I had an hour break. She would just pop up. Hey, let's go, let's go to McDonald's. I want to spend time with you. I'm kind of like, at first, I'm like, oh, that's cool. After about a week, I'm like, yo, like. I just want to be by myself. I want to be in the magazine in the break room. I want to chill. Like, I don't want to see you till I get home. Like, like you drop me off this morning, then I see you on my lunch for an hour. Then you're going to pick me up. I got to talk to you. Then I got to come home and talk to you. I'm like, yo, just let me get this hour in by myself. But I didn't know how to effectively communicate that because I thought it would sound mean. So I just put up with it for years. And, you know, and when you're not communicating... You um you grow to what's the word? You grow to like despise that person because it's like I always see you, you're always here. You know, how can I effectively say I need a little space? I didn't know how to say that. I was like, yo, let me just play my game in peace. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I just want to go hang with my friends. Like, I don't need you calling me every 20 minutes, like. My friend, they down the street. Like, they would just go kick it at the homie Dimitri house for a little bit. We ain't gonna do nothing but just talk and, you know, just play some video games. Like, we ain't gonna do nothing. It was like, she would call. I'm hanging with my friends. What you doing? Oh, I'm chilling. Okay, cool. Well, you know, just talk to me. I'm like, yo, like I said, I'm chilling. Like, I'm playing a game. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to play Madden right now and you're messing up my Madden game because you keep calling me. Like, what, what do you want? Then she texting and she was one. This one we had T nine and she had T nine master. She was like, boom, 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 like texting back with the quickness. I'm like, yo, can I, can I, can I get a response in? So there was a lot of difficulties having effective communication, and we've been married 12, 13 years now, and it's still a thing. I'm still learning how to communicate because I'm the type of person where I don't. I care too much about the other person's feelings where I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I don't say what I need to say or what needs to be said because I don't want to hurt their feelings. And I'm learning that sometimes you got to hurt feelings in order for your point to get across. And then you guys can come together after the conversation about, yeah, you know, and discuss your feelings. Like, you know, explore those feelings. But um, another thing, you have to learn how to love. Like, like I said, there wasn't a lot of love in my household. The only love I really had was from my grandmother, and she died when I was 13. Like, I know my grandma with all my heart. Like, Granny got all the love for me because she was the one, you know, I was always at her house. She was taking care of me, making sure I had everything, make me feel comfortable, make me feel secure. And she was, like, the only woman. Like, my grandma was the only person who could ask, who could tell me to clean up the house, and I wouldn't be mad if she told me to clean up the house because I'm like, oh, I'm helping Granny. Granny need me to wash the glasses on, on the table? Bet. She need me to dust? Bet. Want me to vacuum? Bet. Clean the bathroom? Cool. I knew what it was. Like, I want you. My mama asked me to clean up. I'm like, yo, lady, you wildin'. 
Want me to take out the trash? What? Really? Have you lost your mind? Like, that's really what it was. So I had to learn how to love, man. I had to learn how to be patient, be kind, and and really long-suffering. That's a big one. Like, especially when you're married, we come from two different backgrounds where my wife was always communicating with her brothers and sisters. She, she had a lot of friends, a lot of influence. And then me kind of being a loner, I was always by myself. You know, I was playing my PlayStation, just that was it. Like, that was really it. I did my homework, played PlayStation, went on MySpace, watched 106 Apart. Like, that was pretty much my day. So, I had to learn how to love. I had to learn how to love her. I had to learn how to show affection. Because I didn't show affection growing up. I had to learn how to, like I said, yeah, learn how to show affection without there being sex attached to it. Because in my mind, affection is sex. Like, that was it. There was no different. There was no difference there. But really, there was. It was like, no, just sitting here holding me and just watching a movie. I'm like, oh, oh, you hugging me? Oh, okay, you want the D. Like, all right. I'm like, this, what's popping? And it was like, yo, like, no, nah, I'm just trying to, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to chill. Then, like, you know, I also have to learn how to grow with love. Like, as you get older, the um, the same thing. I did for um, the same thing I did for affection and love was different now because we got married at 19. So the affection I showed her then or the minimal dates I went on then was enough. Now we're 31, 32. It's like, look, my boy, that's cool. You working, you paying these bills. That's cool. But we ain't went out to dinner in three months. So what's good like do you love me or no because all i know is that you at work so what we gonna do yeah we got these kids they run around cool but when you come home from work i want to watch a marvel movie so you're gonna shut up you're gonna stay up and you're gonna watch this movie with me you ain't fit to fall asleep you're gonna spend some time and that was a struggle because i work 10 hour days and it's like look i'm tired Leave me alone, like in my mind. But I had to learn how to grow with them. Like, okay, this is what she wants. This is what she needs. And she's like, okay, this is the time we have. I know you work. I know you take the kids to school. And I know you do all these things to make sure the house is running and we have everything we need. But this is the time that you have. Like, you can give me this hour and a half, two hours at night before you go to bed. I know you want to play your game so you can unwind. But... I haven't had time. So spend that little bit of time with me. So it it was it was, it was a tough transition. And you know, now I, as I get as I get older, I realize that you have to um get get your priorities in order, man. Like learning how to love and having your priorities in check cuz like I said I work a lot of long hours, so like I'm struggling right now with the thing of making a living versus um versus losing a life making a living versus losing a life so what i mean by that is like like i said my mom she was a single parent always went to work always provided and that's all i know how to do i'm struggling with the love and 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 having effective communication and affection but i know how to go to work i know how to get this check every two weeks to make sure we good make sure rent's paid lights on food in the refrigerator um 
phone bills are paid. Every, I'm, I'll make sure we got all that. So my job is very demanding. It's like, I want you to come in early. Come in on your day after calling me. In my mind, I'm like, cool. Let me go get this bread, you know. If I work this shift, now I'm getting an extra four to six hours of overtime on my check. That's an extra $150, $200. That could be going to here, here, and here. Let me go do this. And I would just do it without consulting with my wife. And then over time, I'm working at, I'm working this job now two years. But over time, I come to realize that I'm losing my family because my kids are getting older. You know, I have a teenage son. He's about to be 14 next month. And, you know, he's in the teenage years. It was kind of like, I don't want to talk to my parents. There's times where I don't really even see my son because, like, he leaves early to go to school. I come home. He's already in the bed. So there's literally times I'll go three, four days without seeing my son. I might see him in passing. Hey, what's up? Are right, you going to school? All right, have a good day. Like, that's it because I'm always at work. And so even though I'm making money, I'm providing for them, I'm losing my family. So you have to now you have to make that adjustment where it's like, okay, what's really important? Do I need to work that extra shift? Or do I need to, um, the time, the day off that I had, we planned family time, but they called me in. Do I go? Yeah, we'll make more, I can get some more money. I can take care of them, do this X, Y, and Z. But what's the point of making more money if you're not able to spend that money with your family? You feel me? So I'm finding that out now. Like, as I'm saying that, they just actually just text me to come in an hour earlier. And I'm looking at them like, yo, I asked you yesterday, did you want me to come in at 12? Or one. And I know you don't have to come in. So I'm like, bet I'm not coming in early because I gave you an opportunity. You said no. Don't change your mind now. You feel me? So um, that's what it is, man. So that being said, man, this is this it of the podcast. My first episode. I appreciate y'all hanging with your boy. Y'all can follow me at BD underscore universe on both Instagram and Facebook. This is the first ever podcast. Appreciate it. And I'll check you out next time. Holla at your boy.